You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I also write about developing a relationship with God at ryanhughley.com. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor of Formation Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. All right. Yesterday was a big day for us. It was. After... Whatever was it? What did it end up being? About a month and a half of work total, or was it just one month of work? We really started like just beginning of November. Yeah. yeah. So we, uh, for those of you that have not listened the last month, we uh, we have taken the four thousand square feet that we have here that has been our ministry center, uh, and we have found a way to remodel it and use it for Sunday worship as well. And so. I think we ended up having, well, between 40 and 50 people probably in some capacity that helped in some way, somewhere in there, 30 to 50. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I really, the last time, <laughs> other the, than just like throwing out numbers, I didn't. The la- well, you, you told me a number at one point, oh, it I was did? somewhere in that range. Yeah, between like our work days, I think, is oh, what you sure. told me. But a bunch of people helped in a variety of different ways, and yesterday was the finish line, and uh, we had our first service, and it was a huge success. So I'm curious what you think your favorite part of our grand opening was. Mm. I know it's still like we, I mean, we literally were like still getting things working moments before the first people arrived. Oh yeah. So you were still running all over I, the place. Yeah. I showed up at six and like at 10 one, I felt like, well, I've Here we done go. all the things that I can do today. <laughs> yep. Um, my favorite. We had a couple things, like surprisingly the, the only issues we had, we had, uh, one, TV that went out because of a faulty cable, of course, out of nowhere. Yeah. Our sound hummed at the beginning of the service for the first time. It hadn't done that at all. Oh, yeah. And then it was that drum mic. Upstairs, it was too hot because mm-hmm. our air conditioning wasn't oh, yeah. working. But outside that, everything else worked for the most part. Yes. Um, that's a great question. What was my favorite part? Um, I think, I mean, <laughs> getting to see everyone together was great i think it like had a great feel a great vibe all of that i think after such a long month my favorite part was just like at the end everyone kept coming up to me and asking me like like what do we need to do Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and like people just were so uh, accustomed to just tear down yeah the amount of work Involved. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one person said, I think we should ceremoniously go out to the trailer and like <laughs> lift the door up because uh-huh. we always had this rule that, uh-huh. that like you couldn't actually leave until the door. Was, and so like I started looking around and usually after church, everyone like just scatters right away. Mm-hmm. But those who had served were like lingering. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone was like waiting for marching orders. And, and like even, you know, our worship team was like, well, what do we need to do? I was like, I, I mean, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. It's just go home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like two minutes so, after the service was over, uh, Adam, who played drums for us yesterday, I saw him just leaving with his wife. And I was yeah. like, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> that they for just sure. get to leave. Yeah. And and that people can leave together like that yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. And so I think the, the toilet 
will take differently. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet, yeah. um, at least for me, but the toll will take differently on the average person uh, pretty quickly uh, and definitely within the next few weeks is going to be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I think the downside of that to anyone who's been mobile and moved into a building is then you deal with that identity crisis of people who have served really faithfully and they wonder like, what am I supposed to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we'll figure out how to go through that and maybe talk about it on an episode or something like that. Yeah. But um, there I is a sense was... when you're portable, uh, the way in which the average church member helps build the church is through their service. Yeah. And then when the service opportunities are not uh, the same, then they're left with this question of like, well, now how do I help? Like I was even talking about, I met with our worship team last week and I was talking to them about that very thing. Yeah. And I saw a light bulb go on for a few people where they were like, oh yeah, that's significantly different. Yeah, that there really just is. There just is not the need, that there, which is a blessing, but to your point, also can create an identity crisis. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, I think for me... I mean, having the room like jam, literally jam packed with people was really awesome. Um, Cause we've been in a space, I mean, really all along since we've been here, we've been in a space that is too big for us sure. or much bigger than what, not all have been too big, but bigger than what we needed. Yeah. And so to really be packed into a space together was pretty cool. And I think for me, um, I really felt like it was the first time that. I don't even know what to call it. Like to me, it was the best service that we have had since COVID. I really think that, um, even you know, we came back to the school and, but it was just like when we came out of COVID, it was so weird and everybody Mm -hmm. was mad. And so I just feel like there has been this like residual funk for what feels like two years now, three years. Yeah. And there was something about yesterday where it really felt like that funk's over. Yeah, you know, not to say that there isn't the residual emotional mental effects of of the last couple of years by any means, but just as it pertained to the service, like it was just energetic and people were pumped to be together, and it was just night and day difference from what it has been, particularly the last few months mm, for us. Sure, so that was huge. But kind of in line with some of what we're talking about, we've spent the last few weeks having a a series of conversations about leadership fatigue, a reality that so many of us have become very well acquainted with. Uh, And so again, we're not just talking about the kind of fatigue that comes from being tired after a long Sunday, um, but really the type of soul weariness that I know has prompted this question in a lot of leaders' minds, the question of, can I keep going? And so thus far, we've discussed uh, causes and symptoms in these last two conversations. But this week, we want to shift our attention to how do we actually steward it? And so the question is, what do we do when we find ourselves in seasons of fatigue? Mm -hmm. And so before we jump in, I think it's worth, and I, I would say anyone that has been listening to the last couple of conversations can probably hear this in your voice that you're like currently in a season of pretty significant fatigue. And I think that's worth noting because one thing that we've really tried to do with from the field is, and and probably the thing that I think we get the most feedback on is we've tried to really discuss issues in real time, which I'm not sure always means that we provide the most helpful suggestions because we're like right in the thick of it. But I think what is helpful is people getting an opportunity to not just hear like so much of conferences is like experts, quote unquote, talking about things that they learned or mistakes they made 20 years ago. 
And there is something that is really helpful about discussing and hearing other people struggling through things in real time. So it's been uh, a real long, I mean, it's kind of a matter of like picking where you want to start. It's been a long life, I guess would be one way to look at it. But the last few months in particular have just been rough. So there's just been, and I would say more than anything in walking through this with you, walking through it myself, it's more than anything I would label the last six months for me as probably overwhelming. Just the sheer volume of things that um, have come at me has just been, it's been a lot. So just talk a little bit about how you're feeling, I guess. That'd probably be a good place to start. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, um, I mean, for sure, pretty fried. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think... Can you, can you talk about, so I've heard you use that word a lot. Talk, maybe explain a little bit of what, what does fried look like and feel like for you? Yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, look like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like this, like regular state of like dread amongst or to do just about anything, mm -hmm. even things that should be like exciting mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, like I've had some very exciting things happen in the last week even. And like they were like cognitively exciting, but emotionally mm -hmm. like not really, yeah. you know? Um, and you know, and then I think like, I, I'm very like, what is it kind of the, um, the symptoms, I guess, or uh -huh. whatever. Like, it's sort of like, uh, I've, I find that I'm super irritable. Mm -hmm. Um, and pretty, like, I just don't have much, patience or much um you know any kind of just shenanigans yeah. whether it be people or service or anything like that is just I just feel like the you know uh what I always think of is that Disney movie it's inside out right mm -hmm. yeah the Pixar like, one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the like red guy yeah, uh, anger. Yeah, and you know, and how he like comes up to like the joysticks oh, and yeah. like pushes him forward, and his hair lights on fire. That is my most frequently sent GIF, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I just feel like that. You know, I just feel like I am. Uh, you know, and even even throughout that movie, like there's different points where it's like, is he okay? Yeah. But then it just takes almost nothing, and he's yeah. immediately there. And in general, I think I always know because I'm not. I'm not someone, you know, we all have different things that we struggle with in mm -hmm. life and different, you know, um, you know, things even biblically that you read mm -hmm. and you're like, oh man, I really need to work on that one. But that one yeah. and, and sermons or things on anger are just not really, they don't have never really like deeply resonated with me because mm -hmm. I'm just not a you're not an angry, angry person. person. Yeah. No. And I don't fly off the handle. I'm yeah. usually very measured and that kind of thing. And I just find my ability to like think through things rationally, not great. Yeah, but I think that there's something insightful about that for people. Like when you find yourself struggling with uh, something that you don't typically struggle with in a yeah. significant way like sure. that, that's probably an, in, like you should pay attention to that. Yeah. Like when you're not yeah. an angry person and you find yourself like, I just have a super short wick right now for yeah. some reason, there is something in that to pay attention to. Yeah. Which I think is yeah. really important. Yeah, for sure. So anything else that you'd throw into that or we can just jump into 
some uh, thoughts yeah. on how we go about stewarding. Well, I'm sure more will come out. But. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, just like thinking back through the last several months and what's led us. I mean, so first we like decided to like stop being Ridgeline and start being formation. But even that was due to like some things weren't working. Right. Which oh, is yeah, like for super sure. stressful. It wasn't just because we were bored. Right. Um, and so that was, but yeah, very stressful. And there's just from a logistical behind the scenes, like my job standpoint, mm -hmm. there's just so much that goes into that. Like mm -hmm. even, even like, technically and and formally and then you know then we were going to be at this new place and it was important you know we knew we were doing it during the summer and thankfully this new church we were using had cameras but we've never had cameras and so yeah. I had to figure out cameras mm -hmm. and um and then they had an entirely different sound system than we've ever worked with before and also set up in a very unique to them kind of way and so it wasn't just like watch a couple of Behringer videos. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was like hours spent with them, like in evenings and coming to their service in mornings. And like mm -hmm. the guy who's kind of like wired it all together, trying to understand what he did and why. And, and coming I to mean, learn that like there were so many fronts on the production and that they were figuring out still for oh, themselves. For sure. And I think part of it was us being there caused them to feel like, man, we really need to streamline mm -hmm. some of this. But then there was like genuinely, and this isn't any sort of, uh, criticism but week to week it was entirely different mm -hmm. um and not having a high level of knowledge to begin with then having it change um i'm pretty good at figuring stuff out but that was just a lot because then we also had like a brand new team of people to serve yeah and so like you know i had to create i mean it was a six page like set up tear down document for that team and like train them and videos and just i mean like the hours and hours and hours and hours of work work that went into all of that for us to figure out like this isn't going to work for us and so I mean I still have I don't know better part of probably a hundred hours learning all these systems and processes that are just Gone. essentially worthless now. yeah <laughs> um and added no value I mean yeah they just yeah. don't anymore um and, you know, and like just full disclosure to anyone listening, like I don't care one iota about anything to do with production. Mm -hmm. I've never wanted to know anything about it my mm -hmm. whole life. And yet somehow. It's not like a passion project no, for you. Uh -uh. Yeah. And so some, uh, yet somehow I am still the one in charge of all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, so that was a lot. And then obviously um, getting in here and being in this space. And we did have such a outpouring of support and help but even if there were people here I mean I think you commented on it on an episode a couple of weeks ago but you know I mean we sat down and had a 10 minute conversation and I got like 13 text messages in that mm -hmm. 10 minutes and it all had to do with the space and it was just mm -hmm. coming from everyone about you know where do we pick up this and how do we do that and what do you think of this and it was just so many decisions to be made and so much you know like I you know trying to control the budget and trying to make sure that there were people to serve and mm -hmm. checking in with our different team leaders and all of that I mean it was Every day from, you know, I, I don't think one time in the last month I didn't, uh, I'm a little bit older than a chunk of our church. Mm -hmm. And so I go to bed sooner and wake up earlier. And so right. I would go to bed and then wake up to tons of text messages that came in at 1045 at uh -huh. night, because that's a normal time to text apparently. Right. Thank God for focus mode. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? But yeah. so there's just been, and it was, you know, seven days a week for a month. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. And with the pressure of like, um, 
like, I think we all, like, it was sort of this, like, kind of delicate end of, like, excitement and, like, I hope this works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But what if it's, like, a lot of work and it's just a colossal failure? Because that's, Um, I mean, basically, I mean, what you're describing right now is what happened right beforehand. Right. Where we had, you had done all of this work (laughs) and come to find out it was not going to work. Right. And, and so, there was no guarantee that this yeah. would at all either. Right. I, you know, I mean, at any point we could have come up against an obstacle or even done it once and just been like, that was awful. And mm-hmm. so let's just be done, right. I guess. And, right. and so knowing that you're like, I mean, just about working yourself to death with no confidence that like, it's going to work. This is going to work out. Right. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, I've been working on moving into a new place for the last 14 months and it, mm-hmm. you know, all converged with this season. I like moved on Saturday and we had our first seat service on Sunday right. and like the move day was just a total colossal mess. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and so, and, and again, everything I'm talking about is exciting, but mm-hmm. it's just been so overwhelming and so taxing that, you know, like even like you think about your tank or like, you know, some people talk about it in terms of a bucket. I just Mm -hmm. feel like it's not even that like my bucket is like just like low or even I would call it empty. Like it's empty and somebody took like a paper towel and like wiped out (laughs) the drips. And then burnt the bucket. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so yeah. So again, I mean, first of all, no one's obligated to share uh, that level of detail of their story. So for you to be willing, that's one thing that I think you've been so consistent about throughout all the time that we've been doing this is just con- consistently willing in real time to share your journey and where you're at. And so I hope people listening understand what a gift that is. A lot of leaders are not even honest with themselves, much less a bunch of strangers on a podcast. Yeah. So to be willing to talk about that is a, is a really big deal. And so now in the midst of that, we're going to talk about what do we do when we find ourselves in seasons of fatigue. And most of this comes out of what you and I have done together to walk through the last, you know, 20 years of ministry together, Uh, but specifically, you know, the last few that have probably been uh, the most difficult. So I'll kick us off. Uh, I would say the first thing that is the most important is you have to acknowledge it to yourself. I think that you have a problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean pick your poison, but on any front, like when you're struggling, you have to acknowledge it. And I think, I think one of the greatest disservices that leaders do to themselves is just, is just like, keep your head down and hope it goes away, mm-hmm. you know, when it does. And I do think, I was thinking about this yesterday, there is probably something to discern because you and I have had a couple conversations around this over the last month, which is like, um, discerning, Are you like, if you, if you decide, um, we are going to remodel a space and start having services here in one month, there's no way that that happens without an immense amount of work. Like you go into that project knowing I'm going to be overwhelmed. I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to be taxed beyond really my limits, but there is a, like a, there's an end date. So, you Mm. know, like you, that is a situation in which it's like, you have no choice, but just put your head down and get through it. But I think what a lot of people are trying to discern right now is trying to figure out the toll that the last few years have taken on them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, that's different. So you might just be in a season where you've got some big project that you just need to push through and you're going to be fatigued. But in addition to that, if there's this larger 
reality, which is like, there is no end date, you know, like the pressures of whatever it is that you're doing are just the new normal. And can you sustain that? I think that needs to be discerned. And then if you are in a place where you're just like, I'm fried or pick your, the word choice that you want to use, that needs to be acknowledged to yourself as a first step. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to like, look at your whole story. Like I just even shared, like, cause you might have a project, but if it's a project that comes after seven projects, right. like it just like at some point, like everyone has a limit, you yep. know, we like, we, you know, capacity is variable person to person, Yeah, but and everybody it's has one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, like no one has endless capacity. No. Like there is a point in which you have no more. Yeah, definitely. I think the other one is to make sure that you're in a place where you can process that, that with others. Uh, so that whether that be a trusted friend, a therapist, a spiritual director, I've done this with all. All three of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've pulled on all of those. And I think that, uh, yeah, just making sure that it's something that you can talk about. Because uh, I think that... I know at least for myself, if left to my own devices and it's only inside my head that the conversations happen, like the the more tired I get, the uh-huh. more uh, fried I get, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say, the crazier mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and so when you're not that tired, I think in general, at least I do, but mm-hmm. I'll say we all have some amount of crazy going on up there, but totally. you have the ability to be like, meh. That's not true. Yeah. Um, and your your defenses against yourself in that scenario are greatly, you know, impaired mm-hmm. the more and more tired you get. And so then everything, no matter how irrational, feels very real. Right. Yeah. Which is why, I mean, as like a basic point of relationship counsel, like you don't you don't send crazy texts at night mm. you don't send crazy emails in the middle of like because you're tired yeah <laughs> like yeah. you just see the world i mean uh, something as simple as like just go to sleep and you'll see the world a little differently the next day sure it's not that simple in these seasons of extreme fatigue but yeah the the reason that we would draw another voice into you know where we're at is that when we are fatigued our thoughts tend to go to darker and darker places yeah and and, and we end up in a place of despair the more isolated that we are. Sure. So, yeah, I think that's huge. Um, another thing that I would say uh, getting more and more practical is just try and do what you can to lean into life-giving activity. Um, there are things, hopefully, and this is one reason I do think that it is important for uh, even pastors to have hobbies. I know a lot of pastors that don't seem to have any hobbies outside of like sermon prep, which is a sad existence, Mm -hmm. even if you love it, like having other things, like just knowing what are the things that bring me life? Who are the people that bring me life? What are the activities that bring me life? And really make those a priority as an essential part of sustaining um, Mm self-care. And so we've got things like we're blessed to be friends and in ministry together, but we've got things we really enjoy to do together. And so we've really tried to make those things a priority over the last couple of years. Um, But even just things like I love to, it's been really life-giving the last few months to go skateboard with my son in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so we've done that. Now we just keep getting tons of snow. The (laughs) one winter I'm not snowboarding. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) you know, time with my wife is very life-giving to me. Time with my family in general is very life-giving to me. And then there are just things that are soul-sucking. So the more that you can diminish and control those and lean into those things that bring you life, I think the, the better chance you have of getting through 
Yeah. I think the next one is taking time away where you can. Um, and I think that that's a really um, uh, important, like, the operative part of that is where you can. Yeah. Um, because not everyone can just, like, peace out. Right. And which, which the, like, the, the most consistent piece of yeah. advice I keep hearing for leaders right now is, like, we'll just take a sabbatical. As if that's to just go away for two months is yeah. an easy thing to do. Yeah. I mean, you may not have something to come back to. Yeah. And I think on one end, if if your like mental health and your I mean, God forbid your life is at risk, then you have to, regardless. But you there's still implications to that. Yeah. Um but it's just not as easy as that. You don't just have the ability to be like, oh poof, and I'm I'm gone or I'm and it's not even a matter of like somebody allowing you or somebody empowering you or whatever. Like, I mean, we're leaders and Mm -hmm. you have to make the right decision. And it's not always to just bail. Right. Yeah, it (laughs) is. I think I, to your point, I think that's a really good call out. You know, if your life is in danger, if you're married and your marriage is in danger or Mm -hmm. something like that, then yeah. I mean, this, uh, this is pretty negative, but like, close your church. Like if it comes to it, like right. whatever you have to totally. do, that's fine. But, but I, well, I think that the point of frustration that I feel is just this endless barrage of articles that I see about like how everyone needs a sabbatical. Meanwhile, if I take a sabbatical right now, I mean, just practically speaking, there's, there's no, there's not enough preaching support just no. to have services. Like I have a teaching lab, but these are all volunteers that have right. like their own jobs. They can't right. all just jump in and fill in cause I'm fried. Like right. that's just, so I think, I think that given as an option is really, yeah. really good. That given as the option could be very, very discouraging. If, if the only hope I have for refilling my tank is something I can't do, that leaves me in a, in a pretty uh, hopeless situation. And it's just important to note that I like I've been in the secular workplace and I've been in ministry and um, there are lots of differences on both sides of mm-hmm. the equation. It's not like one is you know better or yeah. worse or anything than another, but that's not possible in most any job in the world. I mean, there are some that that like terminology exists education. In. Education and vocational ministry are the yeah. only two places I'm aware of that. Like when a I worked for Starbucks, if I went up, I mean, I could have taken like, uh, you know, like a leave of absence, a leave of absence, yeah. unpaid, yeah, um, you know. <laughs> um, but other than that, and and even still, like whether or not my job would be there for me when I got back, and so I think that's the thing that's hard. Like if you're in that place, yes, you want to have a supportive elder team, and you're probably talking to a group of men who might be equally as fried and don't have that even as something that they could jokingly bring up to their boss. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's just not always as easy as that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so, you know, like we did something at the beginning of this year when we were both in another season of fatigue, because it kind of seems to come in waves right now. And so like in the month of January, I cut back, uh, I took a few extra weeks off from preaching, uh, worked less during the week. I was still there on Sundays cause that's what we could do. And it wasn't perfect, but it was something, uh, after me, you took a couple of Sundays off, uh, where you could. And so, I mean, we're talking about like looking at, can you take an additional day off? Can you, you know, whatever it might be, looking at the 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 totality of your output and where can you take time? 
yeah. as you can. And if yeah. you can take a sabbatical, praise the Lord. But if you can't, then what changes can you make? Which leads to my next point, which is really trying to re-examine your rhythms. Um, we all have weekly rhythms that make up what we do, uh, administrative tasks, meetings that we have to take, sermon preparation if you teach. But looking at where those land, when you do those things, I'm doing that right now. I've, I had started to get more and more free with my willingness to schedule meetings in the morning. And the problem for that is that I I find study and writing extremely difficult to do in the afternoon as mm-hmm. I get more as I just get more tired throughout sure. the day. And so I'm I'm really back to trying to protect my mornings more so that I can take the the use the optimal time in for just the way my own brain works to be able to do that. But even little things like that, because what I was finding is I was having more and more meetings in the morning and then my writing and study would be very unproductive. And so then I'm getting to Sunday morning and still trying to button things up on my sermon. And it makes me, I, I, that makes me anxious. I find that I don't sleep well the night before because I have these, I still have reoccurring dreams when I'm unprepared of standing up to teach and I don't have anything prepared. And, and all of that is just the result of like basic decision-making that there's no one to blame except me because I set my own schedule. Sure. So I think looking at your rhythms, exercise, diet, fun, work, all of those things and, and take an opportunity to retool those because that might help alleviate some of the overwhelm that you're experiencing. Yeah. Uh, then the last one is identifying the source of the fatigue. And I think really looking at the situation that you're in and seeing, is there anything in your vocation that needs to change or does your vocation itself need to change? Mm-hmm. But I do think really like um, really identifying like, what am I frustrated with? And, and like, is it changeable? Yeah. Is it possible to put myself in a situation where this can be different? If it's a certain type of meeting, if it's a certain, whatever the case might be, like to really, and and if you don't have the ability to like disappear for several months or something like that, like maybe you can make changes to your schedule that are mm-hmm. just, you know, um, that just uh, prevent some of those like draining things from happening. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, it's not, it's more of a, like a triage thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think it's, uh, it's an important thing that can make a significant difference. Totally can. Yeah. And this, this is, this was a really big thing for me over the last, I, I actually was just thinking like the truth is the thing that we just solved on the space space front is is more than just like my own personal frustration. It's been so much of the headache that we have carried over the last year. Mm-hmm. Like as we were having a hard time with, you know, we need people to serve at a very high level when we're portable on Sundays. And we were having a hard time getting people back into those rhythms. Well, space solves some of that. We don't need nearly as much help. But we were also, as we did an episode about a few weeks ago, the space that we were using another church just was not working for us. Yeah. And, and I was feeling super trapped by that, but you know, in you men, you talk about like the crazy that we all carry the place that I kept going to is like, maybe I'm just not supposed to do this anymore. Like maybe I need a change in my vocation. And the reality is what I really needed was a change of something in my vocation, which Mm. was this space. And you were, the one that was really helpful in, in, in identifying that. And so, you know, again, find a trusted friend, find a spiritual director that will help you discern what that is. Don't make that decision tired on a Sunday afternoon. Like don't just quit. Yeah. But 
but find a way to really process through that and to really wisely, as sober mind as you can when you're tired, figure out, is there something in this that needs to change or and do I need to do something else? Because some people need to do something else, yeah. which is good yeah. and fine. Yep. Even if it means the closing of a church, even if it means the death of your quote unquote pastoral identity, because you're not a pastor anymore, like yeah. that might be something for one's own good that needs to end. Mm-hmm. And so there is zero shame in that whatsoever, but it would be a real shame to pull the rip card cord too fast and to make some big like life altering decision when the truth is there was just something in your vocation that needed to be altered. Good. Makes sense? Yeah. So hopefully uh, something in that is helpful to you. As we have talked about over the last couple of weeks, uh, we're going to take the rest of December off because of everything we've talked about over mm-hmm. the last few weeks. <laughs> and so Lord willing, we'll be back in January-ish. I've just started to put ish on the on the end of everything. Yeah. Our designer, uh, Matt and Megan Bourne, they keep talking about like as we've put like service times on the doors. Yeah. They just they they keep saying like I feel like we should just put ish on everything. Yeah, hundred uh-huh. <laughs> percent. You just never know. So we'll be back January ish, Lord willing. But in the meantime, the best way to stay uh, connected and up to date. Uh, with us is to follow us on social media. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. You can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you soon. 